Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, we were talking the other day about the imposter syndrome, and you had some really interesting things to say about it. And I think it's a very relevant topic for high achievers, high performers. They often kind of get somewhere and they're like, how did I get here? Do I really belong? And can you share your thinking about A, what the imposter syndrome is, and then B, kind of your interesting take on it? Yeah, well, first of all, it's not something that I've particularly experienced. I want to say that, but it came up because I got hit by surprise with a question on another podcast. And somebody said, what's your explanation of the imposter syndrome? And I've read about it, you know, and I understand it's a big deal in all sorts of areas where people can achieve a lot of public fame. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it goes along with being known for something and you get a lot of respect, you get a lot of admiration Mm -hmm. and you have kind of like a celebrity status. You know, it could be world celebrity or national celebrity, but just in the circles that are important to you, you have celebrity status and people think that you're capable of great things simply because you've achieved something. And the problem is you don't feel it at all and you feel that They are just looking at what they can see, but they're not really seeing the turmoil that you're going through inside or the self-doubt that you have or the anxiety that you have. And you're comparing the feelings of anxiety, your negative feelings inside with their external praise, positive praise, and these clash, okay? And you say, well, I'm not who they think I am. So. You know, very quickly, we have concepts in Strategic Coach with deal with the experience of progress, the experience of achievement. I mean, that's the mainline experience that we (laughs) provide in Strategic Coach, that you can actually create constant, never-ending personal success into a system that's a function of teamwork that you have, of the kind of organization that you can create. And instead of being something unique or unusual, it's something that's normal, that you're always achieving and growing. But I will say this, I went back, you know, as a result of the question, I said, what I've noticed about something, that when I start a project that at the other end is a big achievement, it'll be both bigger and better. In other words, if we achieve this, and usually it has to do with marketing, it has to do with creativity, it has to do with the production of some new thing in the world that moves us along. What happens to motivate yourself to go that, you imagine the feelings that you're going to have when the achievement takes place. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you have to imagine them because they're not the feelings you have right now. You're saying, this is how I'm feeling right now, but when I have this really big achievement, then I'm going to feel this way, and I'm going to feel really very, very different. Then you have the achievement, and other people are now responding to you very differently than they were responding to you before, but you notice that you feel exactly the same way as when you started, and you say, something's wrong, something's wrong. Okay, I can't be the person they're talking about because I don't feel that I am that person. And that's, I'm an imposter. Mm. I'm not who other people think they are. And I'll give you an example. And it was a very striking one. It was a long-term study 
done over 25 years after astronauts had gone to the moon. Right. Okay. And there were quite a number of them. There was a dozen or so astronauts who went to the moon and they followed them after they got back. And they found out that all of them had severe mental, nervous, mental troubles, breakdowns, mm -hmm. addiction, alcohol. Because, you know, I mean, think about it. Being the first person who landed on the moon, first human, you know, all this, you know, tens of thousands of wondering about the moon. and We could actually stand on the moon. We could be on the moon. And there's this notion that the achievement is going to transform you as a human being. Right. So you come back and you get a ticker tape parade down Madison Avenue in New York. You're invited to the White House. You meet the president of the United States. And you're back in Houston, you know, which was the main base. And you don't have a mission in front of you. And you're going to... NASA headquarters, and your wife says, now that you're around a little bit, can you pick up some ground beef on the way home? <laughs> oh, dear. And the experience didn't do for you what you thought the experience was going to do. Okay. I think part of the reason is you're seeing yourself as a lone individual at the start, and you're seeing yourself as a lone individual at the end. The other thing is you're imposing a present feeling on the future. So you're actually being governed by a feeling you had in the past. So you're not allowing yourself with the new capability, the new opportunity that has resulted from the achievement. You're not allowing yourself to develop new feelings for this new situation. So you don't allow yourself to normalize yourself at a higher level of capability and opportunity. So it just never feels normal. And you're always worried that you're going to be found out. Right. So one of the things I do is I never see any of my achievements as me. Mm. Okay, I'm part of an achievement. So I'm someone who has part of the code for the achievement. And one of it is I'm good at visualizing results in the future and putting measurements on the future, you know. And it's not so much how we're going to feel in the future, but this is now going to be true. This capability is now going to be true. This kind of new organizational teamwork's going to be true and everything else. So it's a whole series of measurements that don't really depend upon my feelings. They depend upon what would now be possible mm -hmm. practically. You know, it's practical. And I get there and I say, yep, 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 yep. I mean, we're just in a process of a book launch and we were thinking of Within about a two and a half month period, when we launched the new book, we would get 50,000 sales. And it now looks like it might be 150,000 sales. And we got to the end of four weeks and we were already double our goal. And I just sat there and I said, man, this is amazing. Now, why was it that we did so much better than expectation? And I start looking at the experience. And I said, ah, we did this right, we did this right, we did this right. And then I say, now, knowing what we know already about a successful book launch, how can we really take what kind of happened and make it sort of predictably it'll happen mm -hmm. the next time so it'll be much bigger? But people said, well, how are you feeling about it? And I said, well, I'm feeling terrific. I have to tell you, I'm kind of surprised a little bit. I said, I have to pinch myself here. But I said, you know, 
It's a great book. I mean, it's the Who Not How book. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I said, there's something magical about this book. And the thing is that it was done in collaboration with other people. Mm -hmm. More and more I find, and I'm just thinking about this now because mm -hmm. you got me on this subject, <laughs> that what I'm feeling is the teamwork feeling. Right. I'm feeling the collaboration feeling. I'm not feeling my individual feeling. Okay, I'm part of it. I'm part of it, you know, but my greatest feeling is that I'm part of something four weeks later that's a lot bigger than I was a part of four weeks ago, you know. And when you set the goal, Dan, it wasn't for the feeling of, you know, the initial goal, whatever that was. It's because you wanted a really particular result. So I think it's interesting. So no one wants to feel that imposter syndrome. That degree of self doubt is not fun. And people can really, they end up not to get too psychological, they can end up sabotaging themselves, you know, questioning, not stepping or striving out further because they're kind of scared that it's not real. So I think there's a lot of consequences to it. So how can people shift this? You know, how can they look back and actually go, oh, okay, I'm not an imposter. Everything I've done so far got me to this point. How can they have more confidence? This came up in a conversation actually with someone I'm really close to. She goes, oh yeah, I'm, I feel like a bit of an imposter. And I was like, Hang on a second. <laughs> we were just talking about that. So what advice would you give for how people can get out of that mindset or focusing on feelings instead of focusing on the results as you talked about? Yeah, well, you know, I've touched on this and I really haven't developed the thought fully. But I think it's just that partially, I think maybe if I was 25 years younger, mm -hmm. I would not be having as fully enjoyable feeling about the achievement as I am right now. So in order for myself to be increasingly excited about my future at age 76, mm -hmm. it can't be about me. It's got about me and teamwork, me and collaboration with other people, and we are achieving it. And then I'm getting all the feedback from the other members of the team. Isn't this amazing and everything else? And I'm enjoying their feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying their feelings. My feeling is that I did my part in a really good project and we created great teamwork and we've had a better than expected result. And it's not a great thing. It's not a great thing to pull off as a team. So I think it's the seeing yourself as an isolated individual that's part of it. If you're isolated at 20 and you're isolated at 70, you've had no difference of experience or feeling your entire life. doesn't matter what you did during the 50 years from 20 to 70, mm -hmm. you will have exactly the same feeling that my achievement isn't giving me any happiness. That's and I true. think it's because that feeling you had, mm -hmm. it was about the feelings. It wasn't about the achievements and the feelings haven't changed. No achievement's going to make any difference to your feelings about yourself. So I don't have feeling goals. No, you don't. You've got capability goals, you've got teamwork goals, you've got results goals. And that's actually one of the things, Dan, you were saying, you don't have an experience the imposter syndrome. But I realize one of the things you do extraordinarily often and well is you are incredibly articulate about the results that you're after. So all of your mental and emotional energy goes into getting really, really clear on what it is that you want to have happen and communicating that really powerfully. I'm thinking of our brilliant tool, the Impact Filter, which is available in our cool little ambition series called the Extraordinary Impact Filter. But that's the starting point for you for every single result that you are committed to, is you really get clear on the purpose, the importance, the ideal outcome, 
best result if you do take action, the worst result if you don't, and then the success criteria that will ensure the best and prevent the worst from happening. Mm -hmm. My sense is that really anchors you in the result, mm -hmm. not the feeling. Mm -hmm. I suspect that for a lot of people, it's actually they don't have as well formed and well thought out and well laid out goals. And so the feeling part actually is a little distracting, yeah. but you anchor yourself so clearly. And by the way, that's also your communication tool for the teamwork, which is pretty cool. So that's kind of one of my clues as to probably why you haven't gotten stuck in that trap. Well, you know, my feelings are my feelings, you know, but what I try to do is I try to keep my feelings up to date in the <laughs> sense that I'm not going to be requiring that when something new happens that I'm going to feel the way I felt sometime in the past. I'm not mm -hmm. going to judge my present activities by my past feelings. My feelings are up to date, you know. I'm feeling something totally different four weeks after the book launch. They're new feelings. They're new feelings. Wow, that's amazing. You know, and I share this with other people and, you know, I said, neat oh. You know, <laughs> well, and Dan, in our last podcast, we talked about the gap and the gain. And so in terms of keeping your feelings current, you know, you really reflect on progress a lot. And I think, again, without that kind of systematic process that you have for measuring your progress, it might be more challenging to keep your feelings up to date. Mm -hmm. So that's another piece of this puzzle, it strikes me. Yeah, I think these concepts are all part of a piece. And that is our main medium for human experience is achievement over time or lack of achievement over time. Mm -hmm. So one is be an achiever and not a non-achiever. And the other thing is when you achieve something, enjoy it. Don't judge yourself badly. <laughs> no, I think we're all about achievement, you know, and I mean, the achievements can take a million different forms in human experience because people have a unique take on the who they are, they have a unique take on what their future is. So it's gonna produce a whole endless series of very unique experience, but you're always gonna be about this. You're always gonna be doing this. So have a happy button uh, installed. <laughs> I love it. Dan, one last thought before we wrap up this conversation, you've been talking about experience and that's another part of this. You putting incredible value on your past experience and your past progress. So again, you're up to date with your increasing capabilities and teamwork and technology. And it strikes me that that's another component of this is because you're always current with your feelings and with your progress. So it's not a mystery. It's not a surprise. You know, it's a delight, but it's not like you feel like you're faking it because mm -hmm. you've been very conscious and very aware. Can you just talk about your mindset about reflecting on your experience? Because again, that's something not a lot of other people have. Yeah, and as I'm thinking it through, and I had some thoughts from the other day when I was challenged to say something useful about the imposter syndrome, and I said, you know, my past is very alive and active and accessible. Mm -hmm. So first of all, there's nothing I'm trying to get away from. Right. Okay, so I think the desire to get away from your past kills your past. Mm. It deadens it. It's not available. It's not useful to you anymore. Any experience that you want to get away from, it immediately becomes non-useful to you. Okay. Mm. And the other thing is each person's past happens only in their head. Right. You know, first of all, I haven't a clue of the endless dimensions of your past. 
I just don't know. I can ask you questions about it and everything else. The only thing I can do is say, oh, how did you handle that? I don't know what I'm asking about when I ask the question, and it's all new to me when you do answer the question. So I think your past is entirely your creation. Mm-hmm. And they said, what do you mean? Things didn't happen that way? I said, it's not about things happening. It's how you interpreted. Right. There's nothing about my past that I'm ashamed of. There's nothing of my past. You know, I may not have thought through it completely, but anytime I take a past experience and think it through and say, well, what did I learn there? How did that experience actually do me good? And all of a sudden, it becomes a different experience and it becomes a different past. And I can use that in the present as a building block for the future. I can take things from the past, update them, bring them into the present, and they become building blocks for the future. So I don't worry about the future because I think I'm always going to be equipped with some thinking about past experiences that I'm going to equip myself with the capability of dealing. The future is also created just as much as the past is. Mm -hmm. So I've got this sense that it's all created, you know, and I think that that gives me a sense of ease. Well, we don't know what we're going to do. I said, I guess we're going to have to create it. (laughs) Well, and Dan, just what you said really struck me because because you're so at ease with your past, you're not worried about your future, which means that you are not striving to feel a different way in the future, Mm -hmm. which is what imposter syndrome is, right? So because you've learned from your experience and even bad experiences, well, what people would call bad is for you, just raw material for learning. You know, what a great question. How did that experience do me good? You can use that to transform a negative thing because it may have made you stronger. It may have made you more resilient. It may have taught you whatever to do again, but all of it is for your good is kind of your lens that you're looking and you know that you can make it useful. So that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And it's endless. Anytime you want to go back there, you're going to find something interesting and new. You're always going to be finding out new things about your past. You know, It's almost like it's part of your present. Your past is part of your present and your future is too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's never anything you're trying to escape from and nowhere other than today is where you're trying to get to. You have goals and ideas, but you're quite happy in the present. Yeah. That's what everyone aspires to. So thanks, Dan. This is a really interesting conversation. It ties in the gap in the gain, ties in using your experience. But the whole thing about being current with your feelings and being current with your lessons from the past, I think, is really insightful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you.